LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. Uh, this week, I'm joined again by... Keith and Sarah Condy, welcome to The One Thing. Thanks, Scott. Great to be back again. Now, for those who haven't listened to uh, episode number 61, Keith and Sarah Condy, they serve as co-directors of the New Institute for Mental Health and Pastoral Care with Anglican Deaconess Ministries. Now, together, these guys have been supporting ministry couples and churches for a number of years, um, but their hope uh, in this new institute uh, is to provide excellent, biblically and theologically informed pastoral care that alleviates distress and promotes well-being. I think we've got to shorten that title, but that's what that just tells you what they're trying to do. Yeah, it just spells it out, doesn't it? <laughs> now, these guys have been married for 35 years. They've got three adult children. They've got lots of experience, and so I'm really excited to have them. For now, you press play on episode 63 of The One Thing, Resilience in Ministry. And it's a topic that's come up more and more in ministry circles and on Facebook pages and, and you know, people have been discussing it. Uh, burnout or stress out, you know, what are you? Uh, are you stressed out or are you burnt out? They're questions that I think uh, are helpfully being asked for self-reflection as pastors think about self-care uh, and think about, uh, lead, you know, leading, modelling, uh, but also managing the, uh, the stresses and the busyness of ministry life. Um, it's great to have Keith and Sarah with us uh, today. And so I, I want to ask you first, Keith, what are, what are the particular stresses of Christian ministry? Okay, there are a few, you know. In fact, actually, I read something recently where a guy said, uh, one of these leadership gurus, he said, the two most difficult jobs in the world are, one, being the president of the United States of America, two, being the pastor of a church. Mm. That's a pretty big call, isn't it? But when you think about it, okay, when you think about the role, it's a very complex role. Mm. So there's role overload, you know, there's so much to do. There's role conflict, you know, how do you actually spend your time um, with all of these wonderful possibilities. There's role ambiguity, often job descriptions aren't that clear Mm. and it's hard to work out, should I be doing this, should I be doing that? Um, There's not very clear boundaries between work and non-work space and so it's you know are you always on call is it possible to have a private life there's um there's often isolation because uh people sometimes put you on a pedestal and idealize your you as a person in ministry and so you can't be yourself around them and they don't feel like they can be themselves Mm. around you either so that that's a problem Often you put in a lot of work and effort and get very little feedback. Mm. Or if you do get feedback, you know what most people are good at, mm. being critical mm. rather than affirming. A strong sense of responsibility that comes with this job. You know, if we really think we're doing the Lord's work and it has eternal consequences, then, you know, who wants to slacken off on that? Mm. So that's big. And then, you know, churches sometimes attract some... Um, some interesting people. Well, I wonder, Sarah, maybe you can come in there. How, how much of this is actually exacerbated by the, uh, the interesting people that are attracted to pastoral ministry? That's a good question. I think some people are attracted to pastoral ministry who are incredibly driven mm. and they um, are ambitious and I think that can take them. So, you know, even issues of pride can take over and it's more about them than the Lord's work. That's been possibly a bit harsh, or 
they're incredibly compassionate mm. and they like being needed by people. So that almost becomes they, they feel like they can't stop doing things because they're going to let people down. So it's a Sunday afternoon. I've got to preach but I've just got to go and visit someone in hospital. Yeah, because uh, you're the only person who can do that. That's right. God hasn't given me 120 no, other people no. who could do that. Yes. So how much is that is driven by, is that an identity thing? Is that a personality wiring? Um, I think it's probably that, a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not like either of those things can't be changed. Mm. I, and I think a bit of self-reflection there, perhaps a bit of, soul searching and thinking well what is it that's really driving this mm, so you, you might not be able to change change how you, how you are and who you are but being aware of it mm. is, is critical and sort of yeah, knowing it can make a huge difference mm. I think. yeah now, you, you've talked you talk a little bit about emotional uh, bonfires yeah, so that's an what, interesting idea what, what are they we haven't had a good bonfire for a long time <laughs> what are emotional bonfires well emotions are really interesting things and i think probably our particular brand of the christian faith has been a little bit wary of the emotional mm. dimension to life but this is just a god-given part of who we are and our emotions are always telling us something mm. but normally when we have an emotional response it's a little bit like lighting a match and you light the match and it goes and then it dies down mm. but what can happen is um, that emotion can actually set off a whole range of other emotions. So I'll just give you an example, right? So you've, let's say you're one of those people who you do, you're, you, you're a bit of a people pleaser, you like to be needed, and someone sends you a fairly negative email and they're critical of the, your last sermon or something like mm. that. And if, from there, you can either think, oh, okay, well, that wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, and you can just let that negative sort of feeling die off pretty quickly or you can go take yourself to a whole different headspace where you start thinking i'm a complete failure mm. i shouldn't be in ministry why am i doing this and before you know it there's the bonfire of all of these other emotional responses that are coming into play and that is incredibly stressful and and it can be extraordinarily damaging mm. over, over time yeah. So, so this, a lot of our oh, every minister should be leading ministry teams. If they don't have a you know a paid staff, they should be leading, a, you know, a lay 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 ministry team. So, so what advice would you give those leading teams? Because of course, all our leaders don't have these emotional bonfires that you're talking about. No. Um, <laughs> how, how do we actually help? You know, how would you? What, what advice would you give to a, a senior leader of a church to you know be aware as he's leading others in this and himself? Yeah. Well, I suppose in terms of others, it's actually. That's exactly it, being aware of others mm. and not taking them for granted and not assuming that they, they just respond the same way that they do. Some people have extraordinary capacities. God has, God has given them, you know, and, and a lot of this is just purely their genetic makeup. Um, and they've got a strength and they've got an ability just to push through and to keep going and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. There are other people who are not like that but still have gifts given by our good Lord to mm. serve him and to build his church. And it's just recognising, it's just having the conversations, just observing and seeing what capacity does this person have? What can they do? What can they not do? What's, what's good? What's healthy for them? Uh, recognising that, you know, we are, we are not God um, as much as sometimes we like mm. to think that we can be. Um, and there's actually, there's a, there's, a, there's a great lack of faith when we can't actually stop or hand something over to another person and think it is all up to us. There's, there's, that's the spiritual problem there. Now, now Sarah, are women, like, are women better at, at, you know, identifying this and doing this, you know, uh, than men, than, than oh. you know, male pastoral leaders? I think sometimes women 
have there I think most women are more relationally wired mm. and I think sometimes they read situations better than guys. Mm. So I think I'd, Sarah's very good at doing that. Seriously. Well, thank you. <laughs> but so yeah, so perhaps, yes, the answer is, but mm. I think there's always exceptions to that mm. and you'll find guys that are much more relational and will read and pick up things and vice versa. We've, we've got a very competitive office, so Maddie, uh, Maddie Galea has, you know, got it, she got us all doing the EQ test, you know, she was, oh, you know, she got a score, she got her a score and, and so I did it and she beat me and, you know, Gus, you know, Gus is the best in the office with emotional intelligence. Um, so... It, 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 again, helpful exercise. Why do I share that? Because those exercises actually give us greater self awareness. They do. Um, you know, mm. they're, and and it's simple tool, mm. uh, easy to do, and then easy to have the conversation with each other. Oh, you're actually better in this area. Or actually, I don't see this. Mm. Fantastic. That, yeah. Good on you for doing that, Scott. Yeah. Oh, I, I was made to by Maddie. <laughs> so yeah. Well, <laughs> good. <laughs> good on you, Maddie. Now we're going to give you guys a quick breather, um, and I'm going to pull out the uh, pull out the toolbox for this week. Um, some key resources for cultivating ministry revered. So here's, here's my top three must-have resources. And Keith's helpfully given us a couple of really helpful books for uh, the busy um, you know, pastoral leaders. A book by David Murray called Reset, Living a Grace-Based Life in a Burnout Culture. Another book by an English, uh, an English Christian psychologist, Kate Middleton, called Refuel. They're two great books. They'll be really helpful in getting you to um, reflect on your own ministry practice. The second is, of course, that the Mental Health and Pastoral Care Institute run. Uh, they've got some dates coming up in July, but we'll put a link in the show notes to the Mental Health Masterclass course that um, that Keith runs, uh, Keith and Sarah run at uh, Anglican Deaconess Ministries. Uh, also, I put some helpful reflection exercises in a booklet uh, called Core Strength. Uh, and so there's some great reflection exercises in this and uh, and Mark's going to put those in the show notes for us as well. The final one, I know I need to do three, but the fourth one is... It, do do some self awareness exercises. Uh, you might jump on and do a, a Myers Briggs. A Myers Briggs. You might do Strengths Finder. Uh, you could even use a, a new tool called um, our Five Senses by by Giant. All these things uh, are helpful in just getting a, a greater picture and understanding of um, of yourself. They're always better if they're also done by someone who actually knows about the tool as well. So that's my only warning. So so you need to watch those videos uh, and you need to uh, have someone often to facilitate it. But it often helps not only understand yourself, but if you're working in a team, for you to understand each other. And I actually think there's a lot of strength in that because I think we think that everyone else is like us, but actually they're not. Mm, that, that's great. That's really helpful. Now, I, I want to go back to uh, to stress and uh, and resilience. How do you actually uh, how do you manage stress and how do you build resilience? Because the reality is ministry is stressful, as you've already said. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, we, we need stress, right? So you don't do anything without stress. You don't get out of bed in the morning unless, you know, your stress response starts to kick in a little bit. And, in fact, you can't build resilience without stress. Mm. And one of the, you know, oh, I won't go off that tangent of what what's happening to our children nowadays, being protected from failure and demand, which is so healthy and so good for us. That's how we build resilience. Mm. Um, it's stress applied and then bringing protective resources into play that makes us strong. Mm. So, so we really need that. So, um, so how do we manage it? Well, my little, I've got a little house. Um, so I love Matt Fuller. He's an English pastor. His mm -hmm. book on time, mm. where he, 
he, you know, what he's effectively saying is most of life is um, analog rather than digital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not on off, yes, no. I mean, it's, some things are, you know, there's clear commands from the Lord, don't commit adultery, for example. But most of life is lived but in this space where you acquire wisdom, where there's mm. lots of alternatives and there's lots of things you can do. And they're neither right nor wrong. It's just what works best. And as long as you're in between that, you know, the ceiling, he talks about the ceiling of, of, um, of idolatry when your work or something else takes the place that only God should, should, should take. And then that floor, um, the floor of um, neglect where you're not actually putting fulfilling responsibilities. But in the midst of that, this is where you need personal and time management. Mm. And, and again, some people have re- are really structured and that's the way that they work, and that's fine. Other people have different personalities. They don't work that way. But we all need to be able to manage ourselves well mm. if we're going to be able to draw upon the resources we need to stay resilient. So on top of this house, I've got a spire. Mm-hmm. So in the spire, you've got spiritual resources, you've got physical resources, you've got intellectual resources, you've got relational resources and emotional resources. And... Um, yeah, just depending on how much you want me to say about those things. So, is it like that bucket? Is it like that barrel analogy where you know if you've got if any one of those resources are lower, you know the water goes out at the lowest level. Is it a is it a sense of you've got to you've got to be uh, you know building all of them up to the same same no, level no. so it's healthy, or is it? I don't I don't think it quite works like mm. that. But I think and for different people, certain things empower them in a way that other things don't. Mm. But having said that, I think if you look across that sort of range of things, and that's probably a you know a fairly long conversation to have to look at all that in detail. Mm. Um, I will I will cast across to Sarah in a moment to talk about some of those spiritual resources because mm. they're particularly significant. But I think. Uh, f- physical, we're talking about exercise. Physical exercise is so important because you know the stress response is a bodily response. We're embodied beings, and if we don't get that exercise. Um, you feel the difference. Mm. The, um, the emotional? The emotional things like, you know, having fun, uh, enjoying things, uh, really, really important for us. And one thing that I'd really um, uh, draw to people's attention is life Life is lived out, even if it's really difficult and even if you're going through very challenging circumstances, it's always permeated by positive moments. Mm. Most people don't notice those things. And part of building resilience is noticing did, have you noticed any trees today, Scott? Not today. Okay. But a couple of weekends I did. We, um, me and my daughters pulled a chainsaw out and and uh, and, and got a <laughs> got a got a truck. It was already bro- it was already falling down. <laughs> okay, okay. And I enough. just took it off the uh, land and burnt it. Did you notice the sunshine today? No, I didn't. I noticed it wasn't raining. Yeah. I noticed the cold today. Cold, okay. Now, is that a negative <laughs> No, no, all, all I'm saying is yeah. our day is permeated by mm. little positive moments mm. that if we actually pay attention to these things, instead of it just being a fleeting, ah, oh, there's a nice tree, there's a nice mm. flower, there's a, the sun shining on my face, um, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm, oh, this coffee tastes so good mm. today. Mm. Almost cult- cultivating thankfulness, cultivating Cultivating middle, thankfulness. But having an, an awareness of it as well. The awareness, and that actually starts to reshape our neural pathways in mm. ways that build strength yeah. and resilience and help us to cope. And I think a lot of guys, um, a lot of people in ministry actually, they're, they're caught up with doing stuff mm. and being on their phone and they're not noticing, they're not being in the moment mm. of 
the small joys and pleasures that our good Lord has given us mm. for our benefit and for our for our strengthening. And I think that's a really important thing. Now, now Sarah, you're going to, or Keith was motioning for you to talk about the spiritual. Yes. So if we have a soul that's refreshed in the Lord and we love God, um, that will help absolutely everything. Mm. And so it's cultivating our relationship with God. And we when we were here talking about marriage, we talked about the importance of little things every day. And I'd like to say it's the same with our relationship with God and cultivating little habits every day. So are we reading the Bible every day? Not mm. If not, if you try and read the Bible at least four times a week, mm. that you're reading it just devotionally, mm. not for writing a sermon or praying, habits of thankfulness that you've mentioned. Um, what am I thankful to mm. God for? If you thought of three things every day, that actually helps you notice those positive things that God has given you. And, and there's research that that rewires your brain. brain. I've heard that about addiction. You know, that's a one, yeah. you know one helpful thing to get out of addiction. Yes. Uh, what about the social? You know, the social bucket. Um, if you can do one thing to to build resilience, we're all about one thing. The one thing. The one okay. thing. Okay. Well, again, <laughs> the, the researchers would say um, uh, relating face to face. Yep. Um, at, we, we need loneliness. This is damaging to you physically as smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Mm, mm. Uh, it's just we need, God, again, God has made us relational beings. We need people. So that's cultivating your marriage. Cultivating uh, your check marriage. Check out episode 61. But that's also friendship, which yeah. I think, I think yes. they see we don't cultivate, or blokes aren't particularly good at cultivating friendships. Just to look to 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 know another and to be known ourselves. Mm. And, again, it's about opening up our life to another person, being vulnerable. And and just you, you've got to you know trust is earned in a friendship, but we we need people, and to try and do it on our own is just disastrous. Mm. Have I covered all the buckets, Keith? Uh, there's an intellectual bucket, but don't worry too much about that. Well, why not? The intellectual is important. So tell us what's in the intellectual bucket. I, I suppose just the, again our thought processes and the way mm. that we think. So is that cultivating a, a reflection? Because that's one of the helpful things that I picked up, you know, right. four four or five years ago. To actually, each week reflect on the week that's just been, that's but also reflect to do. on the week forward. Yeah. I think, too, just observing your own um, thought processes mm-hmm. and the sorts of, um, you know, the mental frameworks you carry through life, sometimes they can be very negative and we can get stuck in uh, ruminating thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, again, this is where the things like thankfulness and things like being living in the moment can move us away from being stuck on those mm, mm. negative habits of thinking that, that that really are not that they're pretty destructive. And again, what Sarah was said about when you, when your head is in the Word, um, just finding strength in you know God's gifted us with an identity, mm, and mm. I'm a beloved child of God, and to reflect on that truth mm. rather than my failings in mm, ministry, mm. we need this. Mm. And this will make us stronger. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. It'd be great to keep talking about this because, as you say, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about. But that's why you need to go to the course. That's why you need to read the books we talked about. Um, so, Keith, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to developing ministry resilience? You've only got one thing that you can tell us. One thing? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, I think I'd say, I think I'd say keep nurturing um, you keep nurturing your friendships. Uh, yeah, friendships that feed you as a person. Sarah, I'd say keep nurturing your relationship with the Lord. And I knew she'd say that. So that's yeah. why I said well, the other. Yeah. Look, 
These guys are both godly. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You can decide. Okay, put it in the uh, put in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks really, for really, us, um, it's been great to be here. Yeah, really helpful Thank to you. get your experience uh, and to hear your thoughts on on what is what is an increasingly important um, area. It's, it's always been an important area. Uh, well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, we tackle another one of your questions. How do you mature believers? Tune in to hear the One Thing. The one thing that Cole Marshall says that will make all the difference. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.